Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Peronto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how is it going? It's going excellently, Nick. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Uh, I assume you've seen some movies this week? I have seen a uh, technical crap ton of movies this week. Wow, really? Me too. Cool. I saw three movies. I saw five movies. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, the Oscars were last night, and I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about it. I won't. I don't either. I didn't watch it at all. I don't even know who won Best Picture. (laughs) I think it was Green Book. It was Green Book, yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. So neither have I. And that's our Oscars wrap-up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, before we get into the movies we've actually seen, I have a few corrections. Mm. So, you know, welcome to Correction Corner. Well, before uh, uh, well, before we get into... Um, I almost said Erection Corner. Before we get into... No, that's a different podcast. <laughs> this week in porn. Um, <laughs> oh, man. That's got to be a thing. <laughs> um. Uh, let's just say what movies we've seen this week before we uh, That's a good dive idea. into it. So this week, I've seen three movies. I saw Robin Hood Men in Tights. I saw Ralph Breaks the Internet and The Changeling okay. from, right. from 1980. Right. Okay. Um, I saw five movies. Uh-huh. I saw The Boy right. again. <laughs> um. I saw Pumpkinhead. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I saw Trilogy of Terror. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is the correct response to that. Um, I saw Fire Fraud, the documentary about the Fire Festival. Oh, one okay. of the d- competing documentaries about the Fire Festival. There's more than one? Uh, yes. There's a. Uh, Netflix was coming out with one, which the title of which I do not know right now. Um, and they were making a big deal about how they were going to be releasing it. And then Hulu kind of on the side made their own called fire fraud and released it the day before the Netflix one. If I have my stories right. Wow. Uh, which I might not, um, foreshadowing correction corner. Um, <laughs> but then I also saw a movie called ghost shark. Oh God. <laughs> yes. Okay. That is a correct response to that as well. I can't wait to see what the bottom of your movie ranking list looks like this week. <laughs> Might be a little different than it has been. Okay. Um, so, Correction Corner. Uh, so, yeah, Correction Corner. Um, Jessica Roth, the beautiful and talented actress from the um, Happy Death Day movies, I guess franchise now, uh-huh. uh, is in things. She is? Yeah, and I looked at her uh, IMDb, and it looked like she uh, she's acted in something like thirty things. I don't know that she's had big parts or anything, um, but I had said last time that I think the only things she was in uh, were Happy Death Day and La La Land, um, and apparently that's not true. Oh, okay, all right. C- correction number two. Mm-hmm. I also uh, was spouting off at the mouth without actually knowing my facts. And have since discovered that Jennifer Connelly does not voice Alita in Alita Battle Angel. It sounds like she's just in the movie. Oh. So, yeah. Okay. Um, 
not not a movie that's getting uh, great reviews. Uh, you not know, a movie a, that's getting great reviews. A guy I work with saw it and said it's one of the best uh-huh. movies he's seen in a long time. Well, then that guy uh, is the first one I've heard so far. Yeah, uh, I haven't actually heard anything. I haven't read any of the reviews or anything like that. So I heard that and I was like, oh, well, I do want to see it a little bit more now. He said it was awesome. But he really likes really? Robert Rodriguez movies, and yeah, I like Desperado, and I feel like that's about it. Oh yeah, I really like Desperado, but I think that might be the only Robert Rodriguez movie I really enjoyed too. I mean, I like uh, Sin City, but that movie about, doesn't hold up over time. No, sometimes I think about going back to um, From Dusk Till Dawn, uh-huh. but I. I didn't really enjoy it the first time, and I, as much as I want to try giving it another shot, when I think of watching Quentin Tarantino on screen, it just makes me not want to. Yeah, I hear that. So let's let's check the uh, let's check the Rotten Tomatoes on Alita, and see what we've got. Because I I really thought it was a uh, kind of negative across the board. Wow. Okay, there's some discrepancy here. <laughs> Uh, Alita Battle Angel. Critics, 59%. Audience, 94%. Wow. Yeah, I've never seen a spread like that. Let's see what the IMDb number is. I'm going to guess it's going to be 6.8. And it's a a 7.6. 7.6, that is really high. Hmm. Well, you know what? Here's how I'm going to... I'm going to hypothesize something here. Uh, and I'm going to go with, um, the Aquaman phenomenon. Uh Uh-huh. Are we stepping in the Aquaman corner again? (laughs) Well, I think one toe is in the water of Aquaman corner because I'm saying that 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 the audience likes it. Kind of, kind of, um, that, uh, that the audience likes it, even though it's bad. Mm. We'll have to find out though. We'll have have to to watch it. We'll have to watch it. Yeah. Okay, and I have one other correction. Okay, we're leaving Aquaman a, Corner and re-entering Correction Corner. Yes, the, thank you for navigating us. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and I'm going to go back to a discussion I had on Bird Box. And I had said that Bird Box doesn't give you any explanation. What the heck was that? That's uh, my family having fun upstairs. I think that, oh, I think well, that was my wife that. yelling, hey, in a silly voice. Oh, I think that's why it was strange. Because <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound like Alex. Um, <laughs> so um, so Bird Box, uh, I had said that it doesn't offer any explanation of what's actually going on. Uh-huh. And that's not true. And I remembered that um, not, too, not too long after doing the show, uh, that it does offer an explanation. But it offers it so early on that it's a bit like the happening where they're like, maybe it's the trees. And you kind of discount that because why would they tell you so early on mm-hmm. what's going on in something that's supposed to be mysterious? And uh, this movie does pretty much the same thing. It's just like, hey, maybe it's this. Uh, in fact, one character is very uh, very adamant about like, oh, I think this is what's happening. Um, so yeah, it's in there. But that said, uh, it also... It might be the explanation that's in the book, 
Um, but it doesn't make much sense for the movie, but I don't think I could explain why without doing spoily stuff. Okay. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. If you ever watch it, I I hope to, it's supposed to be pretty good. All right. Now that also, that's the end of correction corner. I thought I was going to have to do a correction on the ethnicity of Ken Watanabe. Um, but nope, I was right. He's Japanese. Oh, okay. All right. Well, good to know. Good to know. Yeah. So, where should we start? Um, let's start with uh let's start with the changeling because I want you to see it so that when you see it we can have a much deeper discussion about it. Okay. Um, so I watched this last night. Uh it's from 1980, directed by Peter Med- Medak. Uh, and it stars George C. Scott, and then like there's a few other people that you might recognize. Um, it's a horror movie, and it might be one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. It was really, it was straight up excellent. Um, so tr- without getting too spoilery, uh, George C. Scott. The movie starts with uh, him and his family on like a winter vacation. And he has a wife and a, and a child who's like 10 years old. And um, they get, he goes to make a phone call from what what historians tell me is a pay phone. And, uh-huh. and I've heard of those. Yeah. And um, they're like play, they're like hanging out on the side of the road and a large semi truck or, or dump truck plows into them, killing them terribly. And so that's how the movie starts. <laughs> and then it's like, four or six months later and uh george c scott whose job he's like a composer and he's like well i gotta leave new york you know i gotta get my head straight so he goes out to seattle and um and he gets a job at a college like teaching musical theory or something like that and and uh and then like he he decides to rent a house and the house he decides to rent is this old victorian gothic mansion and it's like this gigantic house for one person. And you're like, why? Why does he need this giant house? But, you know, he's he's wealthy, so that's where they live. And uh, and so once he's in the house, weird stuff starts happening to him. And um, without going too deep into the story, um, the house is haunted. And George C. Scott takes it upon himself to try and figure out what the what the problem is, um, like why it's haunted, why it's haunted, who it's haunted by, and and what's going on. Because it basically it basically takes his mind off of um, his his own personal tragedy. Grieving, and okay. um, and the house is. They say the house is reaching out to him because he is suffering um, much the way that the the ghost in the house is suffering. Okay, and it is straight up great like i was my wife and i watched this and it's like there are no real jump scares in the movie there's it's just like nice it's just like visual horror um like the movie gets in your head like to the point where when i went to when we went to bed after we watched the movie i i turned the lights off in the one room i was in and i went nope i'm gonna turn the lights back on (laughs) and then go make sure that all the doors are locked um, so it's like that kind of a scary movie. It's definitely the best haunted house movie I've ever seen. Uh, really? Like I can't believe, okay. I can't believe it's not. Oh, and, uh, I just want to point out this movie was recommended to us by uh listener Fran. 
Um, she like a few months ago, back when I when I saw the movie Gummo, which is another yeah. kind, oh, God. which is another kind of horror movie. Um, right. Uh, she she su- suggested that we watch The Changeling, and uh, I was like, all right, well, hopefully I'll get around to it, and I finally did. So thanks, Fran. This movie was excellent. And, Good call, Fran. Yeah, and um, so I want you to watch it, and then we can talk about it a little deeper. But it is okay. It is good. It's a good, I will, good movie. Well acted, well directed, well shot. Um, it's it's great. I'll do my best to uh, to go to to get and to get to see that before uh, before next week if I can. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, hey, can we go back to where you were saying something about a uh, uh, a payphone? Because I want to make a good joke about how I call it a changing station, and then and how I revealed my identity, uh, Superman, by accident. So George C. Scott goes to what historians refer to as a payphone. Oh, a changing room. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> and see. I'm sure you'll edit that in perfectly too. <laughs> flawlessly. Um, all right. So the changeling, see, uh, you, when you said the changeling in your text, I wasn't sure if maybe you were talking about the Angelina Jolie movie, yeah. which, uh, to my understanding is not a horror movie. No, apparently. Cause I looked that one up too. Cause this is a movie that I assumed would have already been remade. Like I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked that it hasn't been redone and that there aren't like 14 sequels to it. Um, hmm. and, uh, it hasn't, no one has remade it. And I'm like, well, this, this movie would be kind of cool to remake especially if you made it like a period piece like um well i would love to see a good haunted house movie because it's been a long time um yeah i mean people people should see this movie um it's 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 up there i think with the exorcist see Um, i don't think i even knew about like i don't think i've heard of a changeling a movie called the changeling other than the angelina jolie thing yeah i had so. i had never heard of it till till the week of gummo so all right well good job again fran yeah thanks for chiming in uh so matt one of the many movies you saw this week was um well let's uh i'll before we get to your next one i'll try to get two out of the way and i think i think i can go kind of short on the boy um, because I believe, and I might even be wrong about this, but I believe I've hit on this before. Um, and I watched this, uh, my sister was in town, so I watched this with my sister and my girlfriend and I did not like, I, I told them I had seen it before, <laughs> but I did not admit that I've seen it twice before. <laughs> Cause I saw this movie in the theater and then I had it on the TV again a couple months ago while I was like, I don't know, doing some work and I just had it on in the background. Uh-huh. Um, and this is, uh, and so, all right. So th- this is the boy Lauren, from 2016. Yeah. Okay. So you've got Lauren Cohen, the really uh, attractive young lady from, um, uh, the walking dead. And she is, uh, even though I think she's British, uh, stay tuned for correction corner. Next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you're right. I, I think she's British, but in this movie, she plays an American who's gone to Britain <laughs> to um, to kind of nanny for uh, an older couple who have a young child. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess kind of to like look over the house too, kind of be like a housekeeper nanny thing. 
um, while they go on vacation. And what happens is as soon as she gets there, she discovers that instead of a young boy, it's a doll. Oh. So she's got to babysit a doll while the old people go on vacation. Um, now, believe it or not, this movie's not very good. Uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, there's, there's probably the highlight of this movie is that Lauren Cohen's in it. Um, and there's not exactly a ton for her to do in it. There's not really a lot to, uh, to give her, you know, this is like not one of those happy death day things where the actress gets to show a lot of range and great mm-hmm. timing and stuff. It's just, Oh, I'm kind of creeped out there. There is a moment where she's kind of excited about this doll that seems to be able to move. Um, and that's, that's kind of cool. Um, but otherwise it's, it's just, Hey, we're going to have her on screen cause she's attractive and the story doesn't have a ton to offer. I mean, there are things where the scares are supposed to be that the doll is moving and doing stuff. And there are some things that don't actually make sense. Like she keeps getting phone calls and at the end of the movie, you're like, well, what do the phone calls have to do anything? How, how do with anything? How did that work? Um, there is, uh, there's just there are a handful of things that don't really add up once you kind of find out what's going on. You can um, uh, you can go ahead and, and spoil it. I'm not going to see this movie. Um. Well, okay, listeners. So I'm going to spoil this pretty quickly. You could probably skip ahead two minutes and be fine. Um, what you find out at the end of the movie, so midway through the movie, you find out that these old, this old couple who's way, way too old to have had a kid, uh-huh. um, like 20 some years ago, uh, cause they are like pushing their nineties and the kid is supposed to have died 20 years ago, but he was like nine at the time. Uh-huh. And I'm like, they are not people who had a kid 30 years ago, but at the end of the movie, you discover that it's not that the doll's alive. It's that the kid's still alive, and he's 30, and he lives in the walls. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, he's been, I guess, moving the doll around and even talking with a kid voice. And there's a whole plot with uh, how Lauren Cohen, the reason she's doing this job is because she wants to get away from her abusive boyfriend back home. And of course he shows up at some point uh-huh. and that's dumb. And the acting's not great there. Um, yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, the, the, the other than Lauren Cohen being pretty, this movie doesn't have much to offer. Uh, there's Do the, some uh, real heavy, like peanut butter and jelly, uh, like, Big PBJ had their hand in this movie. <laughs> did uh did the f- parents know that the kid was alive in the walls? Oh yeah, yeah, and they uh, I forgot to mention this. Okay, so listeners, if you're back, skip 15 seconds again. Um, they go kill themselves. <laughs> they what? They're not they're not going on vacation. They're walking into the water with rocks in their pockets, and uh, and they send the boy a note that says, uh, you know, we're going to go now. Enjoy the girl. We got you. Oh, and so she's yours now. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's the boy. Uh, I, 
I actually, I would recommend this in a very specific way. If you're looking for a movie that's not super long and you've got friends over and you're all kind of just happy to have something to make fun of, uh-huh. this is, it's not quite so bad it's good, but it is a bad movie that has enough things to laugh at and make fun of that you can have a pretty good time. Okay. So, yeah, it's just kind of fodder. Um, so, yeah, so that's that. And, and you've uh, seen this movie three times now? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> but I, I did have a good time watching it with my sister and my girlfriend. So, um, well, that's listeners, all that her matters. name's Karina. I'll start, I'll start referring to her by name. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she doesn't sound like property. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Karina and Melissa, who's my sister, uh, we, we had a good time. Probably the worst time I had with this movie was having it on while I was doing other stuff in the house. When I saw it in the theater, I was kind of laughing to myself the whole time, too. Uh-huh. So Okay, yeah. great. So, so sort of check it out. Um, now, how about I go from there to another movie that there's not a ton to say about. I love and it. And that is a trilogy of terror. <laughs> and like most trilogies... It kind of has the feel of someone had one idea that wasn't long enough to be even a half hour story. Uh And so they filled in two other ideas to to make a movie. Yeah, I was Um, going to say, is this like the ABCs of death where it's like an anthology kind of movie? Yeah, it's an anthology. Um, it's only got three stories because it's a trilogy. But um, and and I kind of discovered halfway through that it's actually it was a made for TV movie. You saying this is trilogy um, of terror or trilogy of death? Trilogy of terror. Oh, from nineteen seventy five. Yes, ah. Karen Black. Okay, all who, right. She plays the main character in all three stories okay all right um or characters oh one of the stories that has a twist that you see coming from a mile away so the uh the first story is called julie and that's a story in which and and you know i'm gonna go ahead and spoil this um because nobody should really watch this anyway except for the last story and even once I describe it, you, you're, that's, you'll want to see it because of that. So the first story is Julie, and she's a professor, and some guy starts, uh, he, he's hanging out with one of his friends outside of, I guess it's college, and he looks like he's way too old to be a typical undergrad student, uh-huh. um, but that's what they're trying to pull off here. And he turns to one of his friends as this attractive teacher walks by and he's like, Hey man, I just got the craziest idea. What would that hot teacher look like naked? (laughs) And I'm like, how, how's that? How's that a strange idea? (laughs) You know, like you could keep it to yourself. You don't need to say anything about it, but that's a pretty normal idea. Um, wondering what someone looks like naked. Uh, I'm doing it right now with you. Oh, well, that's great. Um, <laughs> welcome to this week in in awkward. Um, so no. uh, and then this this so the guy goes on to um, kind of hit on the teacher and ask her out and stuff. And then he date rapes her using some sort of GHB type thing. 
Uh, what is that? Then, is that like day rape joke? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then, um, then it turns out, so sorry for the spoiler here. Uh, she orchestrated the whole thing so that she could murder him. Oh. Yeah, it's not good. The second story is called Millicent and Teresa. Uh, both of them are played by her. Oh. Guess what the twist is? She's a twin. No, no. That's actually, they're supposed to be sisters. Uh, but no, they're actually just the same woman. She's got uh, dissociative identity disorder. That's it. Oh, yeah. And one kills the other one. Oh. But then they both die because she's both. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like I said, you can see this coming a mile away. Um, even in sort of the setup, like like before you even go, oh, I think I know what's going on here. You're already going, are they the same woman? Uh-huh. Is, that, is that what they're trying to tell me? And then you realize like, oh, they were trying not to tell me that so that I'd be surprised at the end. Uh-huh. But instead, it was done in such a way that you're wondering the whole time. Um, the third story. And this is the one to check out. It's called Amelia. And, you know, I kind of wonder about this movie because I feel like I've seen the cover before, the cover art of this little tribal doll. Yeah, I'm looking at and it right I'm now. Sure. And I feel like I've seen it also. Like, it must have yeah, been a blockbuster. I, that's what I was going to say. I think they took this made-for-TV movie and put it on a VHS and had it at Blockbuster at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, little backstory on Nick and I, listeners. Uh, we both worked at Blockbuster. We sure did. And we never worked at the same Blockbuster at the same time. That's correct. But we did work at the same Blockbuster at different times. Here's another fun fact. Uh, my wife, Jill, she worked at the Blockbuster in Elkton, Maryland. Uh, really? She did. And she worked there at the same time that I worked at my Blockbuster, the Route 8 on Do- in Dover. It's fun. And... Uh, we are positive that we've had to, t- we had talked to each other because you know, when people return the wrong tapes to the wrong blockbuster, you have to call that store and say, come get your tapes. Right. And you she- do an exchange. So we're pretty sure that 15 years before we met, we had spoken to each other on the phone. So if this, if your life were a movie about your romance with your wife, there would have to be a scene at the beginning that's just this little interaction that at first no one would know why it's happening, and then later they'd go, 15 years later, these two paths crossed once more. Mm-hmm. Wow. How sweet. Yeah. What a fun tale. Nice story. Yeah. Um, Another tangential backstory for for those of you wondering, and I think I'm talking to a big ticket on this. I don't know. <laughs> I know you said someone was curious. Nick and I also have a history of applying for the same jobs and Nick getting hired for them and me never getting a callback. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, coming back to Amelia, which is the story about the tribal doll in the movie Trilogy of Terror. This thing's freaking hilarious, and it's actually kind of creepy, maybe because of the bad special effects. I'm not quite sure, or maybe it's just the way the doll looks, but this uh, young lady gets a doll in the mail, and um, or no, 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 no. She brings it home from somewhere, I think, as a gift to her boyfriend, who is a, uh, I don't know, archaeologist or something like that, Mm -hmm. and... um, there's this sort of backstory of her mother being like too 
involved in her life and, and maybe like demanding that she spend a lot of time with her. Like you have to see me every Friday night. And so she's trying to cancel plans with her mom to go on a date with this guy and give him this doll. But the doll starts living. <laughs> like it's, she comes back after getting off the phone to where she had left the doll and it's gone. And of course, she's like narrating everything to herself, which is great because she's just like, where did you go? Did you crawl under the couch? How did you get over here? What's going on? What? And, and just like stuff that I'm like, if she's cognizant of the fact that this doll has moved around, she should be a little creeped out. Yeah. I mean, she shouldn't be expecting the doll to be alive, but she should be creeped out. And this thing just like it, it's it, it's not a very long part of the movie it's probably the shortest one but i think it's the one that they had the idea for you know it's like oh yeah that's what we should make a movie of um but it uh it just right away just starts chasing her around the house there's not time for it to be like oh here's a hint and here's a hint and then she hears a noise it's just like boom once it's alive it's alive and it's chasing her all over the house and trying to stab her and bite her and stuff uh-huh and um yeah yeah i'd say watch that part so uh it is on Amazon uh, Prime streaming uh, for free, and uh, if you have Prime, and um, yeah, just just go right ahead to the last twenty minutes of the movie and watch the last story. You don't need to watch the other ones. Okay. All right. Great. All right. Uh, so that brings me. I'm going to talk about um, Ralph breaks the internet or Wreck It Ralph Two. Good. Um, so, uh, we watched this movie yesterday with my, my kids and my wife and I, and, uh, so it's, uh, it's a sequel to Wreck-It Ralph, uh, and it takes place six years after the events in Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, oh, it's, really? it's directed by Phil Johnston and Rich Moore. Uh, and, Wait, uh, is, was, was there six years between the first one and the second one, like in real life? Um, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to check. Okay. Uh, and I don't feel like doing that right you, this second. You tell your story. I'll bring it up. Okay. So uh, it's been six years since the end of Wreck-It Ralph. And um, mm-hmm. John C. Riley is like super thrilled with how his life is at this point. Like he's like, he gets to hang out with his best friend, who's Sarah Silverman, uh, who is um, Vanellope. And uh, Wreck-It Ralph is like, life is great. We go to work in the morning. We hang out at the bar all night and uh, we play video games all the time. And, uh, it is six years. Oh, okay. Great. Uh, and, uh, Vanellope who's played by Sarah Silverman, she is getting bored with her life. She's bored of her video game that she's in. Cause she's, she knows every last part of the game. She knows how to do everything. She just, she just kind of bored with her existence and she wants to do something more exciting. So, um, Ralph tries to make a new track for her. And things go wrong, and her video game gets broken, like the uh, the steering wheel for the driving game at the arcade that they all live at uh-huh. breaks. And the guy, okay. the guy who owns the arcade, is like, "Well, I guess." Uh, oh, he looks up on eBay for a new, a new uh, steering wheel, and the steering wheel costs like two hundred dollars. And he's like, "That's more than this machine makes in a year." Uh, I think it might be time to put this game out to pasture, which means okay. that which means that all of the characters inside that video game are going to become homeless, 
So like they all have oh, to like okay. they all have to evacuate the sugar rush game and uh uh-huh. and then they have to like find new homes. And so Wreck It Ralph and and Vanellope go on this mission to 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 go to the internet. They go on the internet uh to find yeah. to find eBay in order to make a bid for the new steering wheel. And that's basically the conceit of the movie. Um, okay. And uh, it takes a little while to get going. Like the beginning is kind of like, it kind of rehashes the the same kind of jokes from the first movie. And you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. Um, and uh, it's a little slow to start. And then it slowly, like almost agonizingly slow starts to pick up. Uh, okay. And then they get to the, they get to the internet and it's a lot of like, I didn't see the emoji movie. But I've I've yeah I've heard and read like tons of terrible things about it, and yeah I haven't heard anything good about that one either. And um, like like how it's just like here's all the things on your phone like Facebook and yeah. Google and and that's what happens here. It's just like product placement for apps. Yeah, and that's kind of what happens here, but it's done. Uh, I want to say done well. Like I okay like it's it's not done poorly. But it's kind of like, yeah, I get it. Like Google's a giant skyscraper. Amazon is huge. You know, like think things is it funny. It's not. I don't think it's supposed to be like laugh out loud funny. It's more of a hmm, yeah, look how big Amazon is. Um, okay. But it's like it's it's a the way they represent the internet. I think is done really well. Where it's like this giant city and people are zooming around in you know like these bubbles and. And real people are are represented by like their avatars in the on the internet. So like they move like um, like you know how people move in like a, a an MMO video game. How like the the legs yeah. move, but they just kind of slide across the screen. Like that's yeah. that's how like like if you, if you were in the movie, you are represented by your avatar, and you just kind of move around like that. What, meanwhile, Wreck It Ralph and and Vanellope walk like they're actually there. So okay. it's it's done pretty well, but it's kind of like, all right, I get it. Let's let's go. Um Okay. And then uh like it like they do like some corny stuff. Like there's like a whole a whole long bit about pop up ads on the internet where where uh-huh. they're like walking around and Ralph has never been exposed to the internet. So like these pop up ads keep coming coming up to him. And it's just like the Chappelle show skit, which is almost twenty years old, where they're like, Hey man, you wanna you wanna become really good at video games? And Ralph's like, Sure, you know, and and you're like, All right, come on. I get it. Let's go. And uh but like at least one of those characters has something to do with the plot. But uh so the movie it goes real, real gradually, getting better and better until it really takes off. It really takes off when the Vanellope character gets sent to the Disney corner of the internet. Wait, uh, about how far into the movie is this? Because I feel like you've just described like an hour's worth of movie. Uh, I'd say about 35, 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the movie's like an hour 45, I think. Um, but right. the movie like goes next level hilarious. Uh, the movie's an hour 51, but, um, the movie goes next level hilarious when Vanellope goes to the Disney corner of the internet and because it's a Disney movie, they have access to all the Disney stuff, including star, yeah. star Wars, the Avengers. And then what's hilarious is all the Disney princesses. 
Yeah. And I'm sure, I don't know if you've seen the clip online of when all the princesses, go ahead. They had them in the preview. So, so that, that, that sounds familiar. And that was the one thing that had, had it looking like it might be kind of funny. Oh man. The stuff with the princesses is so goddamn funny. It's, it is ridiculous. They're, there's a like because Vanellope is a princess in her game. She's like, I'm a princess too. And then they ask her all these questions like, Was your is your father murdered? Is your mother evil? Things like that. And she's like, Yeah. And they're like, You are a princess. Uh <laughs> and then and then there's like another part later where um Merida, the girl from the movie Brave, uh, she starts talking and and she's got this really thick Scottish accent, and it's like I'm not even going to try to do it, but she just like says this whole long sentence and Vanellope's like, I don't know what she just said. And the, and the girls are like, yeah, she's from that other Disney studio uh, referring to Pixar. And it's right. like, like, like those jokes are so funny. And then, um, and then the, the, so they're trying to get the steering wheel for the, uh, the sugar rush video game still like they and, and Ralph, for whatever reason, doesn't understand how, ebay works and he bets twenty thousand dollars on a um on ebay for this thing and when he goes to pay for it he's like i don't have any money so they have to make money on the internet and to do that he uh he uh he just basically decides to start making viral videos and using buzzfeed and youtube to do that and that stuff had me laughing so hard i i I, it's so like it they're so dumb they're, they're so dumb but they're so funny like there's this one there's this i don't want to spoil it because it's it's pretty good but there's this one thing where he does like there's like bees show up and i laughed so hard that i had to pause the movie to rewind it because i couldn't stop laughing i started coughing i was laughing so hard at it and it was so stupid <laughs> it makes me laugh right now but i was like oh this is pretty good um and then, like uh, the movie, the movie's pretty okay. Um, it, it takes a while to get going. It takes a while to to really figure out like where the where the comedy is, and it gets away from from uh, like a lot of a lot of cliched sequel stuff. But uh, but overall, I would say it's totally worth checking out. There's a great there's a great moment where he um, he falls down to the bottom of the internet. And at the bottom of the internet is all like the forgotten and lost stuff. Like for instance, like dial up internet is down at the bottom. Um, uh-huh. There's like a GeoCities reference. There's like a, a, a billboard for public chat rooms. You know, it's like all stuff that used to exist on the internet, but doesn't really anymore. And you're like, oh, that's, that's pretty clever. Like this is the forgotten part of the internet. It's at the bottom. So, uh, a lot of a lot of neat visual stuff. The story is pretty okay, but when the movie's just doing straight up comic bits, it is where it really shines, yeah. and it really it really had me cracking up. So, wreck it, Ralph. All right, check it out. Well, I I enjoyed the first one, and um, I'd be willing to give this one a shot. But it sounds like it's going to go pretty far down the list of things to get to. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't run out waiting to see for. It. But yeah, but it was uh, it was definitely worth. It was definitely it's definitely when you when you have a minute and you're like, oh, Wreck It Ralph two, okay, okay, yeah, it'll take it'll probably be a while before I want to sit through something knowing that it's 
slow to get that slow to get started, but it's good to know that ahead of time. Yeah. I'd probably get kind of frustrated if I was sitting there for 40 minutes waiting for it to take off. Yeah. And it's not, it's not bad, but it's not, you're just kind of like, okay, let's, let's go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's see. You've got one left, right? I've got one. Um, let's see here. I'm going to, let me do pumpkin head. Okay. Um, now this is a movie that I've never seen, but have always wanted to. And I don't know same anything here. about it. it. Yep. And it's it, same for me. Um, it's kind of like Hellraiser. You know, it was just one of those things that I was very aware existed, uh-huh. um, but didn't actually really know what it was. Um, and I had gotten kind of confused um, because it's called Pumpkinhead. <laughs> and so I had seen some sort of, you know, working at Blockbuster, some sort of cover art of someone with a giant pumpkin for a head. Uh-huh. So I thought that's what this was. Um, it's not. And the cover art turns out was uh, one of the Halloween movies has uh, <laughs> one of the cover arts is, is a, it sounds like of, season of the witch. I'm not sure which one it was, but it's like a, it, it looks like a, not just a jack-o'-lantern, but it looks like it's a giant head that's made of pumpkin. This, movie actually does involve a creature that has a large head but it's not that's not why it's called pumpkin head it's called pumpkin head because it comes from a pumpkin patch cemetery what um like where pumpkins go to die or no just a cemetery that's also a pumpkin patch because you know that's that's where you plant pumpkins why waste space right um, and, uh, so this movie stars Lance Henriksen, mm-hmm. um, who's in movies like alien and other, he's in a lot of stuff and I, now I can't think of any of the other ones. Wasn't he in um, that show millennium? Yeah. He was on millennium. I never saw that um, show. That was a Chris Carter yeah, production, he, right? I have no idea. I never watched it. Um, but he, uh, he, he, when he was in aliens, he was, a. Uh, bishop right i think you're yeah. right so um so uh he, anyway he's a lot younger because this is a rather old movie and um he there i'm not sure what state they're in but there it might be like wyoming or something they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere not quite the desert but um he is running some sort of like it's not quite a convenience store um i think it's like a fruit stand um, and it's just by his house. That's kind of in the, on the side of a dusty road. Um, some teenagers show up and he has, well, I mean, they're like 40 year old teenagers. Um, but he has a kid and a dog and he needs to go to another town to drop something off for some guy in that town and leaves his son and dog behind even though there are all these rowdy teenagers uh, playing around. And so they are on motorcycles or dirt bikes or something. Yeah, I guess dirt bikes is the best way to put it. Anyway, they run over his kid and um, he goes to a witch lady and says, hey, I want revenge on these kids. Uh-huh. Uh, summon Pumpkinhead for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
So he already knows and, Pumpkinhead uh, is a thing? Yeah. Well, at the very, very beginning of the movie, you see um, like 50 years before that or 30 years before that, something. Um, he's a kid and he witnesses somebody being um, punished by Pumpkinhead. And you get a little bit of a little song and dance towards the beginning of like these kids um, outside the the fruit stand singing a song at one of the, you know, oh man, one of the kids. I want to say that one of the, one of the girls in the, in this group of kids is someone kind of famous, but I might be wrong there. But anyway, they're, they're like kind of circling this kid and being like, you're going to get taken by pumpkin head because you're misbehaving. And there's some sort of rhyme to it, but it's, you know, it, it is what it is. It's not great. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, I'm making it sound like more set up than it is. It's, um, it's about that simple though. That's, that's the whole movie because then Pumpkinhead comes and starts hunting these people down. Um, it's, uh, Stan Winston. Um, is that right? Stan Winston the, did all the special, the special effects, special effects guy. Yeah. Yeah, but he directed this too. Oh, really? I think he was one of the writers. Yeah, and um, does Pumpkinhead look awesome then? Yeah, the the designs are really cool. Uh, you know, the the movement and stuff was still pretty off, and there's no CG to like smooth things out because it's the early '80s, uh, or maybe late '80s. But um, it's it's good design. Uh, Lance Henriksen's really good in it, so it's pretty much a perfect horror movie from the eighties. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, it's not terrifying or anything. You, you, you know, the, the movie you watch sounds like it's more, a lot more effectively creepy. Uh, uh-huh. um, but if you're looking for sort of a simple, uh, like slasher movie. S- yeah. Like a, a, a simple movie. That's just kind of creative, a little out there and, consistent with itself um this is a pretty good way to go so i'm really glad i saw it and for anyone who is a horror fan i'm not hesitant at all to recommend it really okay yeah this is that's that's one of those movies that i always wanted to see now what's the um isn't there like a david lynch movie pumpkin something Uh, uh i don't know something head Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a black and white film and it's like a weird David. Oh, Eraserhead. Eraserhead. Uh, yeah. I don't know why, but I always assumed that those two movies were related in some way. Like one was a sequel to they the other. They are not. And yeah. But like I haven't seen either one. And like I don't think I've ever seen a, a David Lynch movie besides Mulholland Drive, which I didn't care for. And uh, and. So like I never wanted to see Eraserhead, and by extension, I never wanted to see Pumpkinhead because I thought they were related, <laughs> and it's just like a lot of head movies, you know. Um, but yeah, that's good to know. Like I guess I should try to check it out. Uh, maybe this Halloween or something where I'm looking for something bad but fun. Yeah, that that would be. It it's not really bad, but that would be okay. a good time to sit down and watch it. Okay, great. That'd be a really good Halloween movie. All right, cool. I'll put that on the list of things I want to watch. All right. Um, do you want to talk about? Tell you what. Why don't I? Why don't I go ahead and get Ghost Shark out of the way before <laughs> you share yours too? Not about Ghost Shark. <laughs> um, 
so so yeah i saw a movie called ghost shark um and i think uh i think it was just available on youtube um it's another actual like made for tv movie it's a sci-fi movie um watch it with people (laughs) the 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 plot is that uh let's see if it even it didn't really (laughs) much to everyone's surprise i'm sure it didn't really hang together perfectly (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um I'm looking it so, up on IMDb right now, and it has a rating of 3.4. Yeah. Well, let me just give you a, a couple of highlights here, because uh-huh. the, the death count in this movie is pretty high. Um, it's, it's not Jaws, you know? Where <laughs> it's not just, Jaws, uh, you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, lower your expectations a little bit. Um, the There's a lot of body parts just being taken off by this ghost shark and the idea is like a shark gets killed at the beginning of the movie there's a magic cave involved Mm -hmm. and the i guess the body of the shark washes up into the cave like things do and uh so it comes back as a ghost shark and um it just kind of swims through people and bites off their limbs um there's the 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 highlight may be the moment that it attacks someone who's like there's this bikini car wash and it um attacks a girl from a bucket because <laughs> there's water there um, this is like avalanche sharks uh, this has a lot more going on for it than avalanche sharks i i feel like avalanche sharks didn't really have much in way of like good scenes uh-huh um this does because there's there's also a slip and slide death where this kid like I, I've already I've already done the slide. the minute you said slip and slide death I was like uh, let me let me just see if I'm right here it's a slip and slide death so at the end of the slip and slides a pool like crocodile mile uh, yeah like and the shark comes up out of that and the kid flies in the shark's mouth that's that's how it starts oh. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like you've actually got to see the clip and you can, you can get the clip on YouTube too. I think there's a, I think there's a short edit of all of the deaths from ghost shark. If you just want to see them Uh without watching the whole movie. Um, And when you see this one, you'll see that there's, it, it goes on a little longer than you expect. Not not only like maybe a second or two longer than you expect, but it's, it does what you're saying there, Nick. Um, But then it keeps going and I'll I'll let you say I won't, I won't describe the whole thing. You should definitely see it. Okay. Um, someone also gets attacked through a water cooler Dixie cup, <laughs> and um, so, there's so the shark uh, can attack from water anywhere as long as there's water present. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and you know, just to give you a sense of some of the non-action moments, if you will. Uh, following one of the murders, cause you know, the, the officials don't believe that it's a ghost shark killing people. They just think they're murders. Uh-huh. Um, one of the cops or the cop, there's like a sheriff, the, his line is, uh, I ain't got time to talk to people. Like he doesn't want to talk to the witnesses. <laughs> it's like, someone's like, aren't you going to ask them questions? He's like, I don't have time for that. Um, so Yeah. Uh, ghost shark 
it, you know, if again, if you have people over and you're looking for stuff to make fun of, uh-huh. go ahead and follow up the boy with House Shark. I'm, I think you'll. Uh, I'm looking forward time. to see where this ranks on your list compared to House Shark. Uh, it's it's near it. Really? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's it's nearby. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I'll leave it at that. All right, great. Uh, and then that brings me to my final movie, which uh, we watched uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights um, uh, from 1993, directed by Mel Brooks. And uh, I loved it. Uh, it was like a Wednesday night. My wife and I were like, let's watch something silly. So we put on Robin Hood Men in Tights, and it was exactly what we were both looking for. We were like cracking up through the whole thing. And um, uh, you you discussed Blazing Saddles not too long ago, and uh, right. and you were like, uh, you're like, I don't think I'm a Mel Brooks fan, or or you know, like everything that you said. And um, yeah. And while I was watching this movie, I'm like, I like Mel Brooks. Um, the movie is a is a send up of basically Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and uh, it's just so goddamn silly. And I think that's what I like most about Mel Brooks movies is uh like while I was watching it I was thinking about what you were talking about with Blazing Saddles and one of the things that uh that I like about Mel Brooks movies is that he doesn't a lot of his jokes are are totally spelled out but many of the jokes are he makes you do the joke in your own head um so like for instance uh there's a scene where where Robin Hood is in in uh I, I want to say Arabia and um there's like uh these camels running across a field and on their back are small jockeys like horse jockeys and when you look at this joke in your head you say the slur camel jockey and you're like oh i get it and so like mel brooks makes you say like a slur in your head like he makes you say the joke in your head and you're like oh that's pretty funny he made me he made me say like a bad word and uh, and that's what I like about Mel Brooks is like the jokes, many of the jokes that I like, he makes you tell yourself. And uh, and uh, I don't I don't really want to go into Men in Tights all that much because I, um, it stars Carrie Elways and I don't think he's a good actor at all. I, I don't think I oh, care no. for him. Uh, like I think I the only that. movie he's even remotely good is The Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in this movie, he's not very good either, but he's supposed to be doing like a send up of, uh, who's that guy I can't stand Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner. Yeah. And, uh, so like he's, he's kind of terrible in this movie, but he's like supposed to be terrible. Um, Richard Lewis plays Prince John and he is great. He's great in this movie. Um, Dave Chappelle is in it and he plays, um, he plays basically the Morgan Freeman character from Prince of Thieves. And mm-hmm. um, he does, he's got like a lot of weird race jokes and it doesn't look like Dave Chappelle is very comfortable in the movie. Like, it, like maybe he just doesn't have a very good screen presence, but it seemed like a lot of his jokes are really dated and um, like a lot of them are topical. Like they make a white man can't jump joke and you're like, wow, that joke did not age well. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, like things like that. And like, like a lot of the Dave Chappelle stuff doesn't really work. Although his character's name is at and, uh, they make a lot of sneeze jokes, which is funny. Um, yeah, I can hear you yawning, which is fun. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and then Amy Yazbeck, who was on the show Wings, which my wife and I both said, I liked Wings. And uh, I think we're going to try and find that on Netflix because Wings was a fun show. Uh, she plays Maid Marian and, you know, like, you know, it's it's OK there. You know, it's it's a Mel Brooks movie, which means it's a send up, but it's not it's it's a spoof movie, but it's not like a modern day spoof movie like date movie or superhero movie and stuff where the jokes are terrible. Like it's it's a fun movie and it's really silly. Uh, it doesn't try to be anything other than silly, which is refreshing. So that's that's all I got to say. I, I, if you haven't seen it, uh, it probably won't hold up to today's time. But if you have seen it in the past yeah. and you and you're looking and you're looking for something fun to watch that's like an hour and a half long, check it out. It's 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 a fun movie. Uh, it's a total recommend from me. The, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I didn't expect you would. <laughs> I I uh, in fact actually uh, going through um, watching all these movies this like. The last couple of days, uh, I went through my list with Karina and um, told her what all was on there. And she was the one who wanted me to watch Blazing Saddles because she really likes it a lot. Uh-huh. And uh, and when I got to it, I was like, yeah, I really didn't like that movie. <laughs> and, um, and, and I'll say like, because I, I had to pause and talk with her about it for a second, um, you know, kind of explain... Um, my thoughts on it still. Cause I, I do the further I get from it, the more I can like tease things apart and, and the more I can go like, Oh yeah, yeah. The, the commentary stuff was good. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go with that and, and say like, you know, I, I appreciated that, but the comedy, I just don't like, uh-huh. I just, I really, really don't like his sense of humor. Yeah. That's um, okay. It's okay but, to not, yeah. you know, you either get it or you don't kind of a, you're either along for it or you're not. And it's, it's, it, I could see how that's like a fine line uh, for some people. Well, and I think that's kind of the nature with humor, you know, like yeah. some people like slapstick, some people like goofiness, some people like dry wit. Um, I'm kind of along the lines of dry wit and stuff that surprises me. Uh-huh. If you can make a joke that I can't see coming, I'm, I'm probably going to, enjoy that just that experience of like oh that took me by surprise Uh um so yeah and and you know for people who like i remember seeing men in tights a long time ago and for people who do like that kind of humor um i would say yeah check it out you know if you like if you like other mel brooks movies i would assume you'd like men in tights yeah it's definitely one of the better mel brooks movies uh what's what's interesting is that i watched it not too terribly long ago and i may not have been in the right mental state to see it and i was like oh i really am not enjoying this and then uh and then we watched it again the other the other night and i was like this movie's just what i needed tonight so you know like it's it's like with any comedy if you're not in the mood for what it's trying to deliver to you you might not you might not like it so take that for what it is all right yeah um well then my final movie is fire fraud <laughs> f-y-r-e right and um well so nick you never heard about either of these documentaries uh, about the fire festival i mean i heard about i heard about the fire festival while it was going on uh i heard about okay. the netflix special or the the netflix documentary but i didn't know that there was a competing right. documentary so like i know the the story behind the the event but for those who don't Matt, please. 
so the idea is, um, you know, it's a documentary about this scam that was put together by a guy named Billy McFarland, Jaw Rule, and a couple other people um, who were basically saying, we are going to uh, have this huge musical festival on this remote island in the Bahamas where there, you know, there really isn't anything else. So it's just going to be an island for this. Mm-hmm. And if you're a rich young millennial, if you, well, if you're a rich millennial, you should come because it'll be great for your like Instagram profile and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just appealing to all of this um, sort of social media, like, uh, a phenomena and like force and, it, and was um, it like a is it a concert festival yeah it's supposed to be a musical festival okay and uh like at some point like blink 182 was on the list and there were a lot of cooler people who were on the list but i don't know any of them so i can only say blink 182 because uh-huh. <laughs> that's the one i recognized um and uh it, so it was supposed to be this big thing and uh, my sister had seen and Karina too, I think had seen the other version, the Netflix one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I understand it from what they told me is that the Netflix one focuses a little bit more on the logistics of things, like what was going wrong, where and how things were set up and um, just like how all the details played out. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one is more about the context. This is the Hulu version and it talks like the heavier emphasis is on what's going on in millennial culture that this sort of thing could be pulled off and how, you know, with everything being about sort of drummed up fake stuff, you know, like people don't actually have friends, they have followers and everything you're trying to put together is just image. Right. And so this sort of thing, it makes people really easy to, take advantage of and play into. And there's a lot of this guy, Billy McFarland with all of his scams. He's just a big con artist. And each thing is sort of a, uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So he would come up with some scam, lose a bunch of money and come up with another scam to pay that one off. And even while he was making this scam, it was part of a bigger scam. He was going to make this festival so that he could come out of it with an app for, hiring actual legit performers to do big events that you like big personal events. So like he wanted to come out of this with an app that would allow you to basically like pay millions of dollars to rent Beyonce for your party. Oh, that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, the, apparently the, the two, uh, do you know, are you familiar with fuck Jerry? No. Okay, uh, big presence on like Instagram and stuff. Um, and basically it's, at least on Instagram, they just like post lots of memes and jokes. And um, apparently they uh, they um, rip off a lot of comedians and stuff. So people will be posting things on Instagram, on Twitter and whatnot. And then Fuck Jerry will copy that stuff and put it on their own media as their own jokes. Oh, okay. Um, but they're really, really big. They have way too many followers and, um, they were involved in this too. And the Netflix version, which I haven't seen yet, but the Netflix documentary is actually produced by them. 
So it involves a lot of like, that's where they could get a lot of the details. Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently it it doesn't maybe just because they're assholes or something. I don't really know. Um, But like, they don't actually come off looking very good in that one either, apparently. Um, But this one kind of points that out. It's like, yeah, Hey, uh, they, this is actually done by some of the people involved in this. So keep that in mind. Right. But then this one also got a little bit of lashback because Billy McFarland, this guy who set it up and that's kind of the main person of interest, uh, they paid to do the interview with him that they do throughout the, the documentary. Oh, really? But at the same time here, it also, I mean, it, it also, it doesn't make him look good. I mean, they're asking him questions like, yeah, so uh, what were you thinking when you did this? And he's just like, uh, uh, I'm going to take a break. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's, he's just, uh, he's so sleazy. Um, and, you know, the, the, I, they actually spell it out a couple times in the documentary. But, like, by making a documentary about this, um, this festival, this sort of social event, it's, you know, it's pretty apropos given the, how much our population is fooled by things, you know, like the political stuff going on. And, and if you don't know what I mean, you're probably one of the people being fooled. Uh Um, but they, uh, it's, it's a good example of snake oil salesmanship in the, you know, modern time 20,000 yeah. yeah you know the, this this kind of couple decades that i think we're probably just in the middle of um so i i wouldn't say this was like great you know like if you're if if what i'm describing sounds interesting to you it's a decent documentary for that mm-hmm. it's not something that i would say you have to see um and i i'm going to check out the other one so i'll i'll let you know what i think about you know, that one. And I'm kind of interested in how they do pair with one another um, since they were kind of competing. And since Hulu kind of pulled the rug out of from underneath Netflix with uh, releasing it a day earlier. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I know a lot of people are talking about these documentaries and, and if it sounds interesting to you, it probably will be. If not, I wouldn't say fit it into your schedule. Yeah. I mean, I remember I that. I uh I remember while it was happening, like like a lot of the tech websites I go to were were like documentary, and they're like this this festival that all these rich young people went to is a total disaster, like um like they were promised like basically they were promised beautiful people and delicious food and famous bands, and what they got was I don't think any bands, and then like cheese sandwiches and stuff, and like the no music. And, and, and you're right. I actually didn't get much too much of what the, what the actual presentation was, but you're, you're, you're dead on. There's crappy food. Like they literally, after paying for these like bungalows and things that they were being told were going to be, there's these like little mini mansions to rent. Uh-huh. Uh, instead what they got were literally FEMA tents. Right. Yeah. And they had to like carry mattresses to their empty FEMA tent. Right. And um and and the thing about I think what's what's what kind of makes the story interesting is that uh, I guess the, the it has a little bit of a like well, like what interests me about it was like ha 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 all these rich young uh, 
yuppies were were taken advantage of take that you know but at the same time like they just wanted to have a good time and you're like okay and like i think that's the only reason that the the movie that there are two competing documentaries about one failed festival is that the people that they screwed were so wealthy and so well to do that they could afford lawyers in order to fight back against um you know the con that was put on them like if that if it was like in the middle of ohio and there was like a giant festival that totally crashed you'd never hear about it but because the people that are that are involved that that were screwed were people who were real popular on social media and their 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 followers were following along with everything that happened that the fallout from it was just so huge which i think is is well, fascinating like if he if if the people that the if the people that the the guy who put it together weren't so internet savvy he probably would have gotten away with it i am disinclined to agree okay um i i think i think there's some truth to what you're saying in terms of um there being a bigger sort of backlash because it was so public because those people do have so many followers. Uh-huh. But in terms of getting away with it, I mean, there was a lot of money, a lot of money sunk into something that didn't come together at all. So it might, it might not have had documentaries, but I don't think he would have gotten away with it. I think it would still be in terms of whatever legal repercussions he's, he's in. And I think he's in jail for six years or something. Wow. Really? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I, I could be wrong, but I think that's right. Um, I think that would still be the case either way. And in terms of, you know, if there's, if, if you're right about there being the documentaries because of it, I know I'm, I'm sort of making this up. I'm, I'm guessing. Um, but I would guess that that has more to do with the Netflix documentary. Um, because the people who are interested in all of those folks, um, you know, the, the fuck Jerry guys might be like, Hey, let's, you know, let's cash in by, by, you know, complaining together or something along those lines. Sure. Um, but I can say the Hulu, the Hulu movie is like, it's not exactly kind to the millennials. It's, it's not criticizing them per se, uh-huh. but it's, it's so much about the context of it and the social zeitgeist that in a way it's kind of saying like, look, look at how shallow and dumb this stuff is Mm -hmm. so even the people who like the the few um influencers that they follow they don't look good either they look like idiots who've been had saps yeah 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 it's like look at this obnoxious kid who's just got followers for not actually doing anything and here he is spending a million dollars to go to this thing and now he's got to fly home and he's basically laughing about it. Like, ha ha ha. This sucked. This weekend was terrible. And meanwhile, it's like, man, if that happened to a person who spent, you know, $2,000 of their, you know, hard earned salary and got fucked over for it, they wouldn't be laughing at all. Right. Yeah. You know, and I mean, these people weren't happy. Don't get me wrong. But, but the fact that they're kind of even joking about it, I mean, there were, there are people who like, they give a couple examples of where people are posting or, or commenting in some way about like, yeah, I quit my job because I wanted to go to this thing so badly and they got nothing for it. Uh-huh. 
And on one hand, you know, if, if that means that someone who really could, didn't have the money to laugh about it, cause those guys aren't on camera. Um, that would be kind of sad. And at the same time, it is like, Jesus, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, as a, as a society, what the hell are we doing when, you know, you're making plans and investments based on just like hype right? and nothing but hype. And I think that's really what the, the Hulu documentary does a good job of illustrating is just how hype is working these days. Okay. Well, interesting. So if you dig that kind of thing, that is, I would say, check it out for that. All right, cool. Well, that brings us to the segment on our show that we love so much, our movie ranking list. And Matt, you've got a whole bunch of movies to put on your list this week. <laughs> what do we, I don't even remember what you started with. Trilogy All right. I am going, <laughs> I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to go down my list from the top okay. and tell you what I'm putting where, where it has fallen. Okay. Um, so Pumpkinhead uh, is going to go in between Life After Beth and Batman Year One. Pumpkinhead. All right. Um, and, uh, and actually, you know what? No, no, no. Uh-oh. That's where I had it. I think I'd like to change that okay. before we put it in stone. Okay. I think, I think Pumpkinhead, in the context of being an 80s movie that's well put together, I think I'm going to put it higher than I thought. And I'm going to put it between Bumblebee and As Above, So Below. Really? Okay. Yes. All right. In the new number eight then, spot, yeah. Wow, that's and then pretty I'm gonna high. Put, Hold on, let me uh, let me write these out, and then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna start something new here. Um, what week is this? One oh five. One oh five. Sounds like a good time to do that. <laughs> um, well, because because we've been uh, using the Letterboxd website. Um, yeah. They they have a few, like one of their things is you can put how many stars you give a movie. And uh, it's like out of five stars, how many, how many stars would you give Pumpkinhead? Would you give it like three and a half, four, four and a half, up to five? And then uh, when I put all this stuff on the list, I'll include that in, a, in your ranking of it. All right. Um, well, I can't say that my list is definitely going to be in order in terms of stars. No, no. Um, it, well, because remember, but, the list is just which you, which did you think was better? Yeah, yeah. You know, you can have like a one star so, movie in the number eight spot kind of a thing. Yeah. I, I, well, and that might happen. I am going to give Pumpkinhead three stars. Three stars. Okay. Yeah. All right. Actually, let's make that three and a half. Three three point five. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. And then fi- Fire Fraud, again, spelled with a Y, is uh, going to go between Batman. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> No, F-Y-R-E. Uh, and it's going to go between Batman Year One and Vice. Okay. And I'm going to give that one also three and a half stars. Fire Fraud, week 105, and 3.5 stars. Yeah. Okay. And then Ghost Shark <laughs> is, <laughs> is going to go between Ocean's 8 and After Earth. Okay, in the new 25 spot. Yeah, and we'll give that one... That's two away from House Shark. I know. It's two two below. Two below House Shark. And that's going to get 1.5 stars. All right, hold on one second. Week 
105 and you said 1.5 stars yeah 1.5 okay and then the boy is gonna go under after earth okay the boy and how many stars would you give that two two stars okay and then trilogy of terror is gonna go between glass and possession of hannah grace okay trilogy of terror and how many stars one one star okay all right and then uh what do you got is that all of them oh no you got one more right or is that all of them Wait, I did The Boy, Pumpkinhead, Trilogy of Terror, Fire Fraud, and Ghost Shark. So that's all of them. Okay, great. Well, that bumps you up to 32 movies on the list. Aquaman's still at the bottom. Fuck that movie. <laughs> Made so much money. <laughs> oh, man. I got, a guy I work with was trying to tell me that it's good because it's bad. And I'm like, no. No. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, it's we, not. We... we, we... <laughs> We we have a lot of experience with so bad it's good. Yeah, Aquaman is so bad it's bad, and so boring it's boring, and so shitty that it doesn't deserve to even have made nearly as much as most of the other superhero movies. Uh, all right. So I saw. Uh, let's see. I talked about the Changeling. I'm gonna put the Changeling. Boy, I really enjoyed that. I'm gonna put that above. I'm gonna put it above Predator, into the new number seven spot. Crack in the top 10. Changeling. And I'm going to give this movie four and a half stars. It was really good. Four and a half stars. Wow. Yeah, that that sounds good. Uh, Then I saw Wreck-It Ralph 2. Ralph Breaks the Internet. And I'm going to put that below Teen Titans Go to the Movies and better than In the Mouth of Madness in the new 22 spot. And I'm going to give that three stars. I'm going to give it three stars. Uh, And then finally I saw... Men in Tights, Robin Hood Men in Tights. And I'm going to put that, oh boy, I'm going to put it in the 25 spot between Peter Rabbit. No, I'm going to put it in the 26 spot uh, between Mission Control, the Unsung Heroes of Apollo, and Incredibles 2 in the new 26 spot. Week 105. And I'm going to give this movie three stars as well. Uh, okay. Uh, Matt, uh, anything to plug? Nope. Okay. Um, check out thisweekinfilm.com if you want to, any links to, uh, all our old episodes or to find our letterboxed page where you can find, uh, our many, our few lists that we have on there. We have a Matt's movie ranking list and my movie ranking list on there and you can comment, complain, or, uh, just engage with us there. Find us on social media. You'll, you'll find all of, uh, all of our links on our, on the web page. Uh, so check us out there. Um, so I guess if that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. See ya. See ya.